Over these next couple of weeks, last week we started this new series called My Big Fat Mouth. Now, some of us in this room can readily admit that that might describe us. Anybody in the room say, yeah, yeah, I kind of get in trouble sometimes, yeah, yeah, some of you over here, yeah, so like, so some of us even can, can tell, hey, you know what, I, I probably do struggle with, with my mouth, um, and, and what we're going to do over these next few weeks is take some time to identify maybe some areas, maybe some ways that we've used our big fat mouth um, that may not have been very productive and, in fact, has sometimes gotten us in trouble. Anybody, anybody get in trouble with their mouth all the time? Yeah. So last week, <laughs> don't be so proud of it, <laughs> pumped. So, so last week, last week we tackled a pretty interesting topic. Um, uh, it was lying. Um, now, some of us in the room don't struggle with that. Um, and most of us in the room struggle with that. And so here's the temptation when we start talking about things like this. What we start to do potentially is we say, hey, you know what? I don't struggle with that that bad. Or we say other people struggle with it worse. So as long as I can compare myself to other people struggling with those things and I kind of come out on top, then I'm fine. I don't have to worry about that. And so what I want us to do tonight is, is really kind of engage in what God's word has to say about us. And I want you to consider, is what we're talking about tonight something that I have either engaged in or are currently engaging in? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider the thing that you are the best at. What is the thing that you would be known for? Like, like, what is your purpose in life? Does anybody have any, like, stupid human tricks that they're just like, nobody can do what I can do? Does anybody have one of those? Yeah? Somebody can maybe, like, I don't know, jump on one leg for a long... Who can hula hoop? That is, like, one of the most difficult things on the planet, right? I don't know why. I, maybe I'm just not coordinated, but that's just not a thing for me. Like, sometimes... Okay, maybe who's involved in sports? Who plays sports quite a bit? Who is the best at their sport on their team? Mm, all right. Who is the worst at their sport on their team? All right. All right, a handful of us, right? Okay. Um, so, so here's the deal. Here's the thing. Sometimes we can do this. Sometimes we can, we can get our identity wrapped up in those things that we love to do or those things that we're good at, Right? We can say, oh, because I'm good at sports, I, I am the sports guy. Or, or because I love art, I'm kind of the artistic person. Or because I can do the hula hoop, I'm the hula hooper. Like, whatever it is, we wrap our identity around the things that maybe we're good at or the things that we like to do. What's difficult is that the negative things that maybe we struggle with, maybe our shortcomings, we can sometimes tend to, to let those things define who we are as well. That's kind of the story that Andy shared, right? It was something that he couldn't control. It wasn't something that he chose. He didn't like catch it. It wasn't like a contagious thing that he caught. It was something that he had to deal with, and it kind of wrapped up in his own identity. So tonight, I want to kind of see what God's word has to say about our identity, because I believe that what we're talking about tonight is really, it's good for us to lean into our identity to help with it. So tonight we're talking about the, the topic of bullying. Now, 
Here's what's tricky. I'm not going to ask, but some of us in the room are bullies. Some of us in the room are being bullied. Now, here's the temptation. The temptation is to minimize this entire thing. And I get it. Because sometimes we glorify this. Sometimes we use it as entertainment to watch other people destroy other people. But I want us to really lean in and figure out what is it that God would have to say to us about how we can have a perspective on bullying. So let's start with this. What is the purpose of life? This is one of those questions that, like, you know, philosophers have thought about for years to come. And maybe, maybe you've thought about it. Like, what is, what is the purpose to life? Anybody? Maybe some people would say, oh, you have an answer? Go ahead. To glorify God. I should not have called on you because that is the correct answer. I was hoping you would say something like to get more money so that we could drag that out a little bit. But thank you. Gold star for you. That's fine. Whatever. Here's the thing. (laughs) Unfortunately, unfortunately, to know that our purpose is to glorify God and to live that our purpose is to glorify God can be two very different things. Sometimes we live as though our purpose is to be better than someone else at something, to make more money than someone, to have more influence, to have more fame, and that's not the reality, and I want to argue tonight that that's actually going to be detrimental to your walk with the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. Grab your Bibles if you have them. I hope you do. Do you know what a sword drill is? Have you ever heard of that? A Bible drill? The person who can get to this verse the fastest wins. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. So if you have your Bibles, gold star for you. If you don't, then you can just sit there and pretend you're doing something. All right, you ready? Here's the verse. It has to be closed. Don't cheat. You can't cheat in a Bible drill. It's like a double sin. All right, the verse is Hezekiah 4.19. Hezekiah That may or may not be a book of the Bible. That was a test and you failed. If you are still looking for it, close your Bibles. That is not a book of the Bible. I almost said hesitations, but that wouldn't have been it either. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. That's your verse. Raise your hand if you got it. Good job. It really shouldn't have been that hard. It's the first page of the Bible. Congratulations. Gold star. Gold star for you, sir, in the front. All right. So in order to help us understand the purpose that God has given to us, we have to answer a few questions. Now, if we don't have a good idea of what the answers to these questions are, then I would argue that we're actually going to get wrapped up in our identity being found in something other than what God has intended us to find our identity in. Okay? So I'm going to read to you this passage, and then we're going to kind of answer some questions based on this passage and some supporting scriptures. So... Let's start with this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Here's what God's word says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
This is probably a verse that you've heard before, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here's what we've just learned. Every one of us has been created by God. So the first question we're going to answer is who? Who created us? Now, I'm going to tell you that it's God. If you disagree with this, then it's going to be hard for you to not find your identity in things of the world. So if you're trying to get your identity away from things of the world and more towards God, then you're going to have to answer the question, who is it that created you? And I would say it's God because that's what the Bible says. So we can answer that question, who? God is the one who created us. The next question is what? What exactly are we supposed to do? What is our purpose? Well, we see it in the passage. God actually gives us a position within the created order. So here's how the Bible works. If you're new to this, that's fine. If you're not new to this, you've probably colored a picture of uh, the creation story, right? Raise your hand if you've ever colored a picture of Children's Church, sun, the moon, the stars, a couple fish, maybe a bear, a cow, I don't know. Coloring pictures, right? So here's how the creative story works. God created things in, in different days, and it was at the very end that God created humans. Here's why that's important. is because there is a different degree that God has a relationship with the creation than what he does his relationship with with us as humans. How do we know that? Well, it says it right there in the verse. Let's make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what? Dominion. That's what the Bible says, dominion. So we are already elevated over the rest of the created order by God saying you are going to have dominion, be in charge of, influence the rest of creation. So God has now purposed us with something that is different than creation. This is why we are the ones that have the ability to be in a relationship with God. And it's not that we're, we're not sharing the gospel with a bunch of uh, petting zoo animals right now. There's not churches for monkeys. I don't think, maybe there is, I don't know. I don't think there should be, no. That's not the case because we as human beings are created by God and we have been given a purpose and a position above creation. This is important. Because every one of us are in this position. So here's what's unique about us that doesn't exist in the rest of creation. You ready for this? We have personality. We have personality. Some of you are really quiet, introverted. Raise your hand if you're introverted. That's a trick question. Introverts don't like to raise their hand. I'm so sorry that I made you do that. Some of you are extroverted. Be quiet if you're extroverted. Yep, missed that. Missed it completely. That's how you know. Some of us are organized. Raise your hand if you're organized. Some of us could care less, don't even know what organization means. Typically the extroverts. Yeah, no offense. Some of us, um, some of us are happy all the time. We like to laugh. Some of us are really emotional creatures and can cry at the drop of a hat, right? Every one of us have different personalities, and it's really interesting. It's interesting to see a melting pot of personalities because that's what the church is. But this is only given to human beings. We have personalities. We have thoughts. We have feelings. There are tendencies, patterns that we have because we are human beings. But it's not just personality. 
It's also morality. God has given within each of us a nature to kind of lean into the right and wrong. God's placed that on the tablets of our heart under the new covenant that we see in Jeremiah. But now we have morality. We have a desire to see what is right and what is wrong. Not only do we have personality, we have morality, but then we have spirituality. We are created to be in communion with God. Now, if you're thinking, well, that's just the Christians, I would say no. I think there is a God-sized hole in people's lives that do not believe in the God of the universe that can only be filled by God because that is how God has created us. And I think people choose to find things within the world that satisfy them, that try and fill that God-sized hole that only God can fill. It's because God has created us with a level of spirituality which is very different than the rest of the created order. That's important for us because we, God has created us different than the rest of the creative order. Are you hearing me? Do you understand this? So the question is who God created us, what God has given us a position above the created order. Then the next question is why? Why did God create us? Why are we here? Why do we exist? And the answer is, why do we exist? The answer is, to glorify God. Yes, good job. We should have rehearsed that before I did this. I'm so sorry. That was my fault. That was not your fault. We exist to bring God glory. That's why we exist. What an incredible task. God has already created all of these things around us. He's blessed us in so many ways. He's been faithful to us. And now our role is to glorify God. We glorify him in our praise and our singing and our worship that we just did. We glorify him in our obedience to his word. We glorify him in our interactions with others. But ultimately, our purpose is to glorify God. And we all share this same purpose, every one of us. So we have the who, God created us. The what, God has placed us above creation. The why, to glorify God and to make him known. And now the how. What are we supposed to do? How do we actually glorify God? We do it in some of those ways, but but Jesus actually summed it up in Mark chapter 12 when he was having a conversation with these people who were trying to dispute what he was teaching. They tested him and they said, "Uh, uh, Jesus, what's the best commandment? What's the best law? There's a ton of laws. There's hundreds of laws in the Old Testament, and basically they're trying to trip them up. You have to decide what's most important. Here's what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love people. That's the how. That is how we glorify God. So, recap. Who? God created us. What? God's placed us in dominion over creation. We have a special place above creation. Why? To glorify God and to make him known. How? By loving him and loving others. We all share this. Every one of us are in this place. So what does that do for us? What does that have anything to do with bullying? Well, I'm going to define bullying, I think, from a biblical perspective, and maybe this will kind of help this make some sense. So here's, here's what I would consider a biblical definition to bullying. You ready for this? Check this out. 
to consistently diminish the God-given identity and purpose of someone else. To consistently diminish the God-given identity and purpose of someone else. Now, there's plenty of advocacy groups. There's plenty of stop bullying different websites that would have plenty of definitions for what bullying is or is not. But for me, the only thing that matters is what God's word has to say. And if all of us have this shared identity that God has given to each of us because he created us, he's put us in dominion over creation so that we can glorify him by loving God and loving others, then anybody who diminishes that by their words, by their actions, by whatever means necessary, whoever would diminish that is actually is actually not only sinning against the person who's being diminished, but is actually sinning against God. What it's doing is it's telling God you made a mistake. I know you made that person in the image of you because that's what the Bible says, but, but you actually made a mistake. That person is actually less than that. That person is less than who God says they are. And unfortunately, we just heard a story where that was happening quite a bit. Where somebody in their own insecurity had other people telling them that they are less than what God had created them to be. And what I want to help us understand is that if we don't go back to what our purpose is, then we will allow those things to ruin our life, to morph our identity and what other people think of us rather than what God has already declared over us. But unfortunately, there's a very real reality if you're in it, right? If you're being bullied or if you are bullied, if you're being bullied, there, there is so much that comes with that that you have to process. And unfortunately, nowadays, it looks very different. There's lots of different ways that it can happen. So it's kind of hard to sit up here and say, here's how you stop it. Here's how you handle it because every situation is different, Right? So I'm going to give you just a handful of things that I think might be helpful for you. And if there's somebody who's walking through this and you say, man, that's not helpful at all, then, then please, let's talk about it. But I'm going to give you four things that I think if you're walking through this, if you feel like you are being bullied, which is to be um, for somebody to consistently diminish the God-given identity and purpose of yourself, then here are a couple things that I think, I think would be helpful for you. I'd say you can probably, this is the classic Talk to an adult. Now, I know what that sounds like. It's a cop-out, oh, I'm going to be a snitch. Like, listen, you need support, and unfortunately, whoever is bullying you is, is completely diminishing who God has said that you are, and you need somebody to help you process how to handle it. I would argue that there are plenty of leaders in this room that will help you navigate what to do in those situations. They're here because they love you. So talk to them. Because you need help, you need support. Second thing I would do is I would remove yourself from the situation. Have you ever heard of the, uh, of the biblical principle to turn the other cheek? Have you ever heard that before? Here's what that means. Uh, Jesus said, hey man, if somebody smacks you in the face, just turn the other cheek. Anybody pumped about that rule? Anybody gonna get smacked in the face and you're like, Oh, you crazy person. One more on the other side. I doubt it. 
Some of you might be swinging on somebody immediately when that happens. Anybody just like ready to swing on somebody? Just kind of amped up even right now? Just like, dude, I could punch somebody right now for no reason. All right, some people in the room, right? Here's, here's what that verse is teaching us. It's not saying when somebody messes with you or when somebody bullies you or when somebody smacks you to just sit there and ask them to do it again. It's telling you not to retaliate with the same level of force. That's important. Don't, don't fight insult with more insult. Don't fight physical harm with more physical harm. Because that only makes the situation worse. Instead, as best you can, again, every situation is different, remove yourself from the situation. Thirdly, gain wisdom. Gain wisdom. Pursue wisdom. This means that you're either getting into God's word to understand what wisdom is, you're talking to somebody, a mentor, accountability. You gain wisdom by leaning into the things of God. Then, when difficult situations pop up and you don't really know what to do, you're going to lean farther into wisdom than you are your own sinful nature. So I think the best advice that I could give to you is to gain wisdom, as much wisdom as you can. That will help you navigate each and every situation. The last thing, and this is going to be difficult, pray for that person. Because here's the reality. In most cases, those people who are bullying, those people who are hurting other people, it comes from a place of personal insecurity and personal hurt within themselves. That person is probably hurting. That person probably has difficulty in their homes. That person probably has difficulty in different relationships. They've had trauma in their past. They've had people who have done those same things to them when they were younger. And so what... What a blessing it would be for us, and I know this is difficult, to say, you know what, that person is probably hurting. I'm going to pray for that person. I would argue that it would be a biblical stance to say, man, even though these people are are bullying me, even though they are ridiculing me, I want to pray for their salvation. The Bible says pray for those who persecute you. You think Jesus didn't want to take a swing at somebody who was whipping him? You don't think Jesus wanted to, like, kick a dude when he was pulling out their be- his beard hair? Like, but Jesus understood that there was a bigger picture involved. And the goal was not retaliation. The goal was saving their souls. And so as best we can, if we can understand the perspective to pray for those people because they are probably hurting, that might be helpful for us. Now, there are some of us in the room that may not be bullied or maybe aren't being bullied, but are bullying others. Now, before you laugh it off, like, I know, it's not a big deal. It's not that we're friends. It's kind of like a thing. We've been doing it for a long time. I would, I would really change your standard of what's appropriate in your conversations with people. I think your words mean far more than you might realize and could have lasting effects that you'll never know. So consider... If you have been bullied or if you are bullying someone else, talk to an adult. Hey, help me process through this. I feel like I've been mean aggressively. I feel like I have diminished somebody's value consistently of what God has told them that they are. Would you pray for me? Maybe you need to do the second thing, which is to apologize to those people. 
Anybody love apologizing to people? Anybody love admitting that you're wrong? <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I don't know that there's a single person that's getting, that somebody's getting on to that they're just like, oh, man, I love this. This is great. Please keep telling me how terrible of a person I am. We don't like it. But when you've diminished somebody's God-given purpose and identity, I think that's worth an apology. Not only to that individual, but to the Lord. God, I am sorry that I have redefined what that person is, even though you've clearly defined it in your word. Going up to that person, I am sorry that I have said these words that have clearly, obviously hurt you. I'm sorry that I have, for some reason, used my own insecurity to inflict pain on you. Those that are completely immature would never do something like that. But those that are truly pursuing spiritual maturity would. If you are bullying somebody, the same is true. Gain wisdom. Lean into the things of the Lord. Get into your word. Talk to an adult. Find a mentor. Find accountability. Gain wisdom. And the last thing is pray that God would heal your heart. There are a lot of people in this room that are lashing out because there is something that is hurting within them. And unfortunately for you, what's not going to help is putting other people down to make yourself feel better about themselves. Don't do that. That's not going to help you at all. Because here are some truths. Here are some truths that I need you to understand based on God's word. And I'm going to put these verses on the screen. If you want to look them up in your Bible, you can. But this is exactly what Andy was saying while he was up here. Those of you who are hurting because of different things in your past and you're lashing out and you're bullying, and those of you who are being bullied and are currently hurting because of what's going on in your life, I want to give you this, these simple truths. One is that God says that you are valuable. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20 says. You ready for this? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. Do you know, check this out, you are not your own. Anybody ever say that? Oh, I'm my own man. I am my own woman. I can make my own choices. Do you know that you're actually not your own? Do you know why? Because of this verse right here. For you were bought with a price. You know what that price was? Jesus Christ's sacrificial life on the cross. You were bought with a price. Every one of us in this room. Jesus Christ valued us so much that he died on the cross in the most brutal, undeserved way. That's how I know you're valued. That's how I know that I am valuable. So if you're hurting and you're broken, I want you to just say that in your brain right now. God says you are valuable. You know what else God says? God says that you are loved. I don't know if you've ever heard of this verse. It's, uh, it's in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. This is like the ultimate church verse. Here, you know what my favorite word in this verse is? I want you to see something real quick. This is what the Bible says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
You know my favorite word in that passage is? So. You ever seen that? That there is a degree that God loves us to have done what he did. He, he didn't just love us, he so loved us. There is a degree that God loves us that he would send his one and only son to die on the cross for each and every one of us. God says that you are valued. God says that you are loved. So the result is, of that is our third truth tonight. Live in that freedom. Live in it. First Peter 2.16 says this, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. What that context is, is First Peter, is Peter is telling the church to live within the confines of authority. And he kind of makes a turn halfway through this chapter where it goes from, from the authority of the land to then the authority that God has given to us. And what God has given to us is this freedom to live as what he has called us to be. So don't give anybody any power to tell you that you are something different. Don't give anybody the power to tell you or to redefine God's given purpose to you. Because you are not what anybody says about you. You are not what you do. You are not what anybody has diminished your value to. You are who God says that you are. God created you. He's placed you above the created order to glorify him by loving him and loving others. It's because of those truths that we see that God loves us, God values us, and we are to live in that freedom. I want you to bow your heads with me just real quick. I just, I want you to, um, to just take a moment. Everybody's heads bowed, everybody's eyes closed. I just want to take just a second, and this might be a little weird, but if you if you're hurting right now, whether it's because somebody is, is inflicting pain or has diminished your value, or maybe you're hurting because you have done that to others out of your own hurt and pain, and you need to be prayed for, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. And just say, hey, could you just pray for me? I'm, I'm walking through a lot right now. And it's because of other people either inflicting pain on me or because I'm inflicting pain on someone else. Would you just raise your hand for me? All right, you can put your hands down. Listen, I want you to know that there are people in this room that want to pray for you and what you're walking through. There are leaders in this room that you're about to go and spend some time with that I wanna challenge those of you that just rose your hand. If you would talk to somebody tonight and just say, hey, here's what I'm walking through. Would you please just pray for me before I leave tonight? God loves you. God values you. And he has offered freedom. So live in that freedom. Father, you are so good to us. And God, in our own weakness, and in our own insecurity, unfortunately, what we do 
is we harm others or we listen to others who diminish our value, diminish our God-given purpose and identity. And so God, I pray tonight that if there are students in this room that are battling this, that are walking through these difficult times, God, I pray that you would be true in their lives and that they would be bold enough to ask for help. We thank you, God, for who you say that we are. We thank you for who you are in our own lives. We thank you for your goodness. We ask all these things in your son's name.